Holly G with the Golf Insiders with one of our favorites, Jeff Babineau from the Morning Read. Hi, Babs. Hello, Holly G. Well, uh, we were uh, treated to some fun over uh, the Thanksgiving weekend match number three between Phil Mickelson, Charles Barkley, versus Steph Curry and Peyton Manning. What did you think? I thought it was funny. I was out at Fort Myers. I was at my oldest son, Keith's, uh, for Thanksgiving, so we didn't have the volume turned up. I didn't hear all the, the quips and everything, but I was kind of keeping an eye on it. And it looked fun, and, uh, you know, Charles was impressive, right? I mean, you thought he would be the weak link out of those four. Charles Barkley... It was out there hitting fairways and hitting some golf shots and having fun. So He's got a golf fun. swing now, Babs. He did have a golf swing. Yeah, he actually gets to the golf ball. No longer stuff. has that weird Stunner. hitch. Yeah, so that, he was impressive, I thought. And Phil had fun. Phil coached them up. So when Phil's, Phil's playing days are over, geez, he could certainly overcoach some young kid. Man, he, he was pretty thorough in all the stuff he was running through. Yeah, it's, um, but it was fun. It's different, and it, it's maybe something that expands the game to some new eyeballs. You know, so it's a good thing. Well, uh, uh, you know, apparently uh, Steph uh, has a plus one. Um, certainly wasn't his best day. Uh, hey, you know, DJ can relate to that, right? What's he about a plus ten, and he shot a couple rounds in the eighties this season. <laughs> Yeah. happens to the best, right? It happens to the best. Humbling game, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah, I heard, uh, it's funny, Justin Thomas, I heard him talking about the matches they play against Jordan at Jordan's new place, you know, MJ's new place here in Florida, and the nickname for it, because they got to give him 10 shots, and he's a pretty good player, so... The nickname for it is Slaughterhouse 23. So, uh, oh my. I think M MJ has found a good second career down there. Uh, doing, well. doing a little hustling. That's right. Where's the golf course? It's down near Jupiter. Uh, Bobby Weed, I think, did the golf course. Oh, wow. Really, really private. Really private. But, you know, a few of those guys have access. Um, I was talking to Doug Ferguson of AP. We were talking about Justin Thomas where he's forged this friendship with Tiger. And now, you know, Thomas, so, and then they go, he and Ricky will go hang with Michael Jordan. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a neat little window to be in your 20s and have a, have a window to a couple of greats like that, you know, pick their brain a little and, uh, you know, try to expand yourself and, and become more complete as a player. So, I don't know, it's pretty interesting stuff. Well, I'd, I'd say Ricky could really benefit from that. Um, really seemed to be off his game this past year. Yeah. And I was stunned to realize that uh, he, you know, is in jeopardy of not making next year's Masters. Yeah, he'll have chances after the first of the year to get back in if he falls out. But if he falls out of that world top 50, yeah, he'll be – he won't get the exemption, you know, that, that New Year's Day exemption, which it's kind of nice to have the Masters filed away. But, you know, that could be something that makes him even a little more hungrier, right? I mean, I th think he's trying hard. I, I actually walked a fair amount of practice holes with him at, at Augusta, and he looked good. Um, 
think he was out there. I think he was playing with Gary Woodland, and he, he just looked good. And he had a feeling that he was going to play pretty well. I think he made a triple one down 12, knocked him backwards. But um, I don't think he's that far off. You know, he's he's always got a pretty good, you know, really good putter, and that helped. So I, you know, he can get back there. And, and you know, when you fall out, Jordan Spieth's going through his struggles, and you know, there's a whole line of golfers that kind of fell off and had to climb their way back. And, and then you can kind of enjoy the journey a little bit of getting back there and you appreciate things a little more once you do. Well, somebody who's having to defend his journey uh, this past week, quite a bit of buzz about Rory McIlroy and some uh, uh, shots, or should I say a rough critique of, uh, of his game by former Open champion Tom Weisskopf. What's what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, our, our buddy Adam Schupek did a nice Q and A with Tom Weisskopf. Always, always interested to hear players from another era and their views. But you know, he really gets no. He even admitted he's never been closer to Rory than his TV. Um, so those are just observations. But it's hard to it's hard for a guy out in Arizona to tell you what's in Rory McIlroy's heart. So I can see where Rory Rory would get a little fired up. Um, but but. You know, there's honesty in the comments, too. I mean, I think Rory would tell you there's a lot of times in his career when he kind of, he does get down. I mean, he's one of those guys you look at. You know, there are players you look at, and you wouldn't know if they're five under or five over, but you look at Rory on a golf course, and you have an idea how it's going. You know, if it's going well, he's got that bounce in his step, and if it isn't, he can hang his head, and that's been a problem, and he, and he knows that's been a problem. He, he needs to bat a little harder, but... Yeah, I don't. He, he has been number one, as he noted. There is a fire in his heart, obviously, to get there. So it's kind of tough when you get criticized from someone that, you know, is 2,000 miles away and, and really doesn't. He's just basically taking a guess. Well, and if you look at what happened at the, at the Masters, and I know you were there and, you know, um, got, to, got to watch some pretty amazing golf up close on uh, such an iconic golf course uh rory you know just seemed like he had been invaded by an evil twin on thursday and then you know comes back out and and proceeds to you know post three rounds in the 60s walked away tied for fifth saying you know these are the these are the small wins you got to build on but you know he certainly didn't fold his tent in any way no, he didn't fold his 10, and maybe he learned something because he was so freed up that second day. I mean, 75 on that opening day when 53 players broke par. Yeah, well, I guess the round went over two days, but at the end of the first round, 53 players were under par. You know, you had Larry Mize and Bernhard Langer under par in their 60s, and Rory shot 75, which had to feel like 85. Yes. The way it was going out there. So. And then he went out just totally freed up and, and, you know, was aggressive and took flight. And maybe there was a lesson in there for him. You know, it's hard. It's kind of like when the Americans used to lose all those Ryder Cups and say, you know, we got to play looser. Well, it's hard to play loose when you're out there and you're, you feel like there's a boulder hanging over your head on the first tee on, on the first day. Uh, but somehow he's got to get into a little better mental mindset of freeing himself up and letting it loose and, and chasing birdies out there at Augusta because he drives the ball so well and he drives it so long 
he really should be in attack mode out there. And you know, maybe he learned something. I mean, I think there are some guys who definitely pulled a little momentum out of that place for April. I mean, they don't have to wait five months to play another Masters. Right. And uh, I, I think Rory was definitely one of them. Well, you know, I had thought playing in the fall might really give Rory a special chance uh, to finally check that box for his uh, career Grand Slam. Um, you know, and my goodness, yes, the conditions were perfecto on Thursday. Yeah. There are um, conditions. Yeah, yes. so you know that that really was stunning, like you said. Um, what you know, it is hard to believe that Roy's what seven years uh, come come next Masters from a major win in twenty fourteen. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that is amazing for for a kid with the tools he has. You know, I say he's a kid now; he's getting there in his thirties and all, but. uh yeah, that, that is, I mean, that's a long stretch for him, and he knows that. And, and the pressure mounts every time. I, I wrote a follow-up after the Masters and said, hey, maybe Rory will be this generation's Greg Norman at Augusta, where he had a world of talent but never got the green jacket, because every time he goes, it's just going to be more pressure to do it, complete the slam, and he wants it so badly. And that place can torture guys. You know, look at Weisskopf was a guy who could have won some masters and Ernie L's and you had Norman, you know, handing away one to, to Nick Faldo one year and never, I'm always at Augusta and I'm always looking around for Greg Norman. I just picture that guy that should have won a masters championship and he didn't. So yeah. it's just funny how that place can kind of play with some people and how shade intervenes there. And, you know, hopefully Rory does get that complete the slam, but uh, it's tough. You only get, you, you know, usually get one shot out of a year and, and uh, it's the, the pressure only mounts when you don't get it done. Well, you would think this shortened window of time may give him the best shot. Uh, but like you right. said, you know, that, that pressure just mounts and mounts. I think, um, you know, as, as much as Rory may say, you know, he's put it in perspective, I think there are certain events that really do, you know, mean something. I mean, you look what happened right. to him at the, you know, at the Irish Open. All that pressure of being in front of, you know, the hometown crowd and, you know, all the expectations. I'm sorry, it was the Open when it was um, in, oh, right. in his yeah, hometown, right? right? Fort Rush, yeah. 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 Um, yeah he, he bombed right out of the gate. Yeah. Didn't even make the cut. So, um, you know, I think we know, Rory, a lot of these tournaments mean a lot to Rory. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I certainly hope he, he caps the Masters and, and maybe 2021 will be, uh, will be yeah. magical. Um, well, you know, it's funny, though, as you mentioned, it was so set up for him this year. I mean, he was completely under the radar with all the eyes on, on uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Right. I mean, all the attention was on him. It was soft. I mean, that's right up Rory's alley, right? Yeah, uh, he's won his four majors. Even at Coy Lake, it was softer conditions. Um, you know, he won a U.S. Open at Congressional, and it's really soft. He's just perfect for him, and and uh, so like you say, under the radar. That that you know, you have to look at one of the, his opening seventy-five. That's one of the actually the rounds of the year because it was that out of whack and that crazy to think a guy, a world-class guy like that, could shoot that. So. Yeah, I know he wants to get right back at it in April, but, man, what a chance he just missed. He sure did. So we've got the last event 
uh, for the, I don't even, I, I, it's so hard for me to figure out. We're in the 2021 season, yeah, right? right? Okay, right. it's the Mayakoba Golf Classic. Uh, what, uh, what, are, what should we be looking at here? We got Brooks in the field, uh, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas, uh, Ricky Fowler. Yeah. How many, how many of the top? Yeah. Pretty good field. Yeah, singles. I mean, you know, it's got a. I think it has a pretty good field, really. Um, you know, like you said, some guys are down there trying to get to. Ricky's down there trying to take care of his masters. Andy Ogletree's making his pro debut, the U.S. Amateur champ from 2019. Um, you know, it's funny these kind of these sleepy fall events. What you don't, you, you got to look at and notice, but these guys are making a million bucks to win these things now. Um, and lots of it's, FedEx points. Lots of FedEx points. And you really do need that jump, right? I mean, you, you definitely, I mean, last year, certainly the way things played out. But it's good to get a jump and get some false starts. I think guys have learned that. Uh, I've gone down and played that course at Mayakoba. It's kind of a sleeper golf course. It's tough. It's, it's uh, you know, you got to earn your way around there. I mean, guys aren't going to tear that place up. And if the wind blows a little, it's real challenging to, shoot one or two under par in that golf course that can be a really good score so uh you know it's it's crowned some good winners you know Aris english and brendan todd kind of got things back on track there and remember kuchar winning down there um that's a good spot to kind of give yourself a little jump start into 21 you know get to kapalua get off to that fast start and, and get going so yeah you've uh, got I, I always yeah, I always look at this golf course. I don't think people realize how good it is. It's a, it's a really good golf course. Uh, you've got Jason um, Coatrack and Coatrack, Coatrack. I love I love that guy's name. And Robert Streb, who are now in the top ten. So you know, there's a yeah. couple of examples. Yeah, Stewart sinks off to a fast start. You can get yourself off to a fast start. You know, Pat Kazire a few years back won at RSM, then he won early in the year at Sony and. You just you can sew up a lot of things. I mean, you're trying to get to East Lake. Uh, you're trying to get to the Tour Championship and play for that huge pile of cash at the end of the year and play for the FedEx Cup. And in uh, these tournaments, are they can be a big piece of that puzzle in, in getting there. Going to be exciting to see Brooks playing again. He tied for fifth in Houston and tied for seventh at the Masters in uh, you know his last start. So. It'll be uh, fun to see where where his game's at, and of course, yeah. uh, you know JT, uh, you know uh, certainly JT. wanting to stock up some points here. Yeah, JT, I think looks at last year. Uh, I think he won twice in the calendar year, and he won three times in the tour season with the wraparound season, and and really left a few on the table. So he was he was that close to you know he's tied for the lead, thirty six holes at Augusta. Uh, I think he had a lead at Sherwood going into the last day. So he wants to close a little better. Um, I think he got off to a slow start out of the gate down in Mexico early Thursday. But he um, he just wants to close a little better because he's putting himself there. And and uh, he, he was on that verge of having kind of a monster year. He had a nice year. But I think it could have been really something really special. Well, speaking of special, we've got a – very fun event that's happening in our backyard, Babs of Orlando, here in a couple of weeks. The PNC Championship. Some great new uh, father-son matches, including Tiger Woods and son Charlie. 
Yeah, that's fun. Uh, that's going to be really fun. I guess Charlie's a good little player. You know, we've seen him swing a little bit on video, and and uh, if he competes like the old man, he'll do okay. And supposedly he's really he's really gung ho into this golf thing. Uh, and think about it. I mean, he's playing all the time around these tour pros. He's buddies with Justin Thomas, and and sees all these other guys. Who's you know Ricky and these other guys. And wow, what a what a great atmosphere to grow up in. If if uh, you know you want to try and do something in the sport I mean, it's going to be tough carrying that name uh and and we've seen in golf it's it's hard for a lot of sons to follow up in the footsteps of great playing fathers but uh he'll certainly have every opportunity i'm sure well um, unfortunately there will be no fans inside uh, the the tournament grounds um which is unfortunate because i'm sure uh it would be a very, very well attended event. Um, yeah, but, uh, no doubt. Do you, yeah. What's what's the tour? What's it looking like moving forward? Babs, do you have any updates? Well, I mean, still, still really slow out of the gates as far as incorporating fans. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot going on like through the West Coast. I think you know we had some fans in Houston, and that worked out well. The players noticed, you know, it just made a difference, even having a few thousand fans, but. I think they're going to be really careful about it. I mean, I think they're, I think places like Bay Hill all the way through the spring. I mean, uh, till that vaccine gets out, till the vaccine. Yeah, it's going to be slow. You got to be safe, and you know, golf's done better than most. Look at these football games. That you know, when do we Crazy. see an NFL game on a Wednesday afternoon? So right. all these other sports are having trouble. Golf's troubles have really been minimized, right? I mean, we haven't had a lot. We've had a, you know, a few players here and there. That have had to step aside or caddies, but um, for the most part, it's amazing that golf's gone on like it has because I mean they have a traveling bubble, so it's not easy at all. So uh, I think what they're doing is is the right way to do it. Do it cautiously. We'll incorporate fans later. We still get to watch it. Um, so yeah, unfortunate. I mean, there's unfortunate with the two of the majors this year without fans. Really unfortunate because you sit there the whole time thinking, wow, what a reaction that shot would have received but um we'll we'll get there hopefully and i think right now being a little cautious is probably the best way to go absolutely well um we're uh we're into december there's still a, a bunch of golf to be played jeff and always appreciate your time jeff babineau you check out it. his columns on the morningread.com thank you my friend you got it thanks all of you